And once we hit that wall, you know, that's when the best stand up. That's when, you know, guys rise or you fall. Today on the podcast, we get the opportunity to speak with Lionel Chalmers, a current assistant coach with the Orlando Magic. Coach Chalmers was born and raised in Albany, New York, where he then went on to move to Ohio to play his collegiate career at Xavier University and was a second-round draft pick in the NBA, the LA Clippers, as well as went on to play 11 seasons in various countries such as Europe, Italy, Russia, Turkey, France, just to name a few. Following his playing career, Lionel got a job with the Orlando Magic in various roles and continues to keep working his way up in the industry. Everyone, please welcome Lionel Chalmers. Video analysis is expensive, and I'm sure your budget isn't getting much bigger. Fulcrum Tech is here to help. Used by basketball teams at all levels from D1, D2, D3, all the way to high school. Their Angle product is similar to what you know and allows you to code, capture, and analyze with ease. All you have to do is import the raw video and synergy with just the click of a mouse. Over the past two years, over 60% of their D1 teams and conferences, such as the SEC, Pac-12, American, A-10, or even the NBC, just to name a few, have made the postseason. All this while saving thousands and thousands of dollars a year compared to their old companies. Because let's be honest, who doesn't want to save more money? All you have to do is reach out to at Fulcrum Tech on Twitter or reach out to their sales at sales at fulcrumtech.com via email and be sure to mention if you are a Rising Coaches member or the Rising Coaches podcast. Do more, spend less with Fulcrum Tech. Welcome to another episode of the Rising Coaches podcast. I'm your host, Doug Caputo, alongside the man co-host, Alan Major here. And um, the main character of the show today is actually the assistant coach of the Orlando Magic, Coach Lionel Chalmers. Coach Chalmers, what's going on? Doug, I just want to say thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. All is well. Uh, we're on the brink of a new year, so excited. excited. Yeah, good to see you, El Boogie. And Jeff, I've been looking forward to this one, man. Welcome. Uh, thank you. You know how we do it. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So to give you a down low of how things are going to go, um, one, we're going to jump into and kind of go back in time a little bit, talking about your playing career and then how that elevated you to the current position that you're in now. Talk about your journey. Um, then we'll go over to kind of leading us into your current position, maybe the day-to-day -day life, because you actually are the first coach in the NBA that we've had on this. So just talking about like kind of how it is being there, your day-to-day -day there. And then we'll get into a final segment where we call it three quick hitters just to get everybody a little more information about who you are as a person. Kind of circling back, you graduated from Albany High School, okay? Go on to Xavier University. So give us the ins and outs of just Xavier, maybe some things you learned there. And obviously you've had uh, another face, a familiar face on the call, but just talk about your experiences playing at Xavier and some things you learned there. First of all, it's, it's an amazing place. It's a small university, but it's like a family atmosphere. And um, I was fortunate to have really great coaches to help me along the way. I played with some great players there. But but Xavier in itself is one of those places where uh, once you once you go there, you don't want to leave. And if you do leave, you want to come back. You're like like they they really have a, a great 
onus on like how things are treating you as a real person, a human being, and really having care for you and who you are as a person, which means a lot, you know, especially as you get older, you start to recognize the difference, you know? And then you have to give us a little bit of the inside scoop. So how was it playing for coach major? Cause we've had one before, but I mean, I've never got to ask the question. <laughs> you know, honestly, it was the best, like, whether you had a good day or a bad day, you you talked to Coach Major and you just found some energy. You found light. He was always just a, a energy light giver in the right way, and he always knew how to get to you, and he knew how to get the most out of you through it. I would be in class, or I would have a class, or have an early class, and I would call Coach Major, and and we would just you know have a good joke before we really talked about something serious and like he just knew how to like intro things how to connect things and he just he's a great communicator so like i i really respect coach major he's one of the best coaches that i've ever had mm, man i appreciate that doug he got that check that i sent him right before uh, his <laughs> no, <I'm still> waiting. <laughs> no man no i man like i like i told you before you know like you you were one of the one of one of my most favorite players to coach. I mean, you know, obviously we'll talk about the run that we had in 04 to the Elite Eight, but that stretch of ball that you played during that time and, and just the amount of fun that our team had, because you know, that team went through a lot. You know, I mean, we were 10 and 9 at one point and things were on the ropes. And so, uh, but that team stayed the course and um ended up, you know, something special. But um, no man, uh, that means a lot. You know, just, you know, hopefully you never catch yourself saying things to your guys, I used to say. <laughs> but, but it all depends on the individual, right? Like we all connect in different ways. So like you were special with that for sure. And the one big thing I take away, being like kind of the outside, obviously Coach Major being the coach and Lionel, you playing for him at the time. Um, one thing, one big thing I really take away from this, just being the outside character here is just, the relationship that coaching has on the players, you know, for you to be able to be on this call, for you two to be able to still hear connect years later, it really shows a lot, and especially what that mentorship can do later on in life. And who knows, maybe it was something that helped you out when you were um, in college that helped get you to this position. Who knows? But it definitely shows a lot about that. And that, that's a great, great thing to be able to, to do as a coach. Uh, so fast forward a little bit and actually if you want to talk about coach major you want to talk about the um the run you guys had and then we'll kind of go into there but if you guys want to talk about that run you know the depth that you guys went through maybe just go inside on that year yeah i'll let, I'll let lionel get into that a little bit because obviously from a player's perspective it'll be unique um and especially now him being a coach and reflecting back on it as a player i think will also be unique so yeah, I'll let him I'll let him spend the spend the uh spend the records on that one. Well, I think like we started out as a good team. Uh we lost a few pieces, so we were kind of scrambling to see, you know, how we could make it all work. And mm -hmm. um we all had different ideals of that at early on, but as things developed, you started to see what we needed to do and it, it took time and it took patience and it took trust and it took belief. Uh, but eventually we got to a point where we hit a wall. And once we hit that wall, you know, that's when the best stand up. That's when, you know, guys rise or you fall. Quitters never win. Winners never quit, you know. So right that moment, it was it was like, what are you going to do? And like we had high standards. I myself had high standards. So I remember the George Washington game at George Washington. 
um, where I kind of uh, lost it. And you know, I had a higher value and respect for our team. And I didn't want to see us, um, you know, not living up to our potential. So I kind of went off in a locker room on guys and I kind of wanted to take ownership at that moment. And I knew it was that moment that I needed, that it needed. And um, I did, uh, along with a couple other guys, and and things started to change at that moment. You started to see where we needed to go, how we needed to do things, and everything started to fall in place how it should have been. And sometimes it takes those moments of adversity to really, you know, create something special. And that was the start of it. Yeah, for sure. No, you hit the nail on the head, man. I couldn't have said it better. I mean, I... I've never been a part of a great team that shared success without some shared suffering. And mm. we got to 10 and nine at one point and we're looking at each other saying, Hey man, like, you know, there's no other options here, but to change it. Uh, but that team had to go through that. I mean, maybe not other teams needed that. I deep down looking back, think that team needed that to just so solidify and cement our togetherness that we were going to need for that long haul. Cause we don't make that run probably without going through that suffering. Absolutely. Absolutely. But so your guys run, you know, you go ahead, you, um, you graduate and then you end up getting drafted in the second round into the NBA. Just talk about the experiences of let alone being drafted. That that's something that every kid going in their backyard, throwing up those shots is like, this is, this is what I want. I want to see my names in the big lights. You lived it. Uh, talk about those experiences and how that was. It was an unbelievable experience, uh, just going through the process of the draft and working out prior to it. Um, I believe I went down to IMG in Florida and was working out with a bunch of NBA guys. Like, all of a sudden, you're around and you're associating with NBA guys, Kevin Garnett, Chauncey Billups, and these guys, Tyron Lowe. And I'm out there working with those guys. So these are guys I look up to, and I'm out there, you know, playing pickup with these guys and working with these guys and listening to them tell me how to get better and what I need to do, you know? So it was an unbelievable experience. And um, I was fortunate enough to be around some good people that helped give me some good guidance and, and uh, helped me understand what it was going to take. And uh, thankfully, I was, I was drafted. And... Um, was it 2004 now, huh? That was a while ago. <laughs> Coming up on the anniversary, man. Coming up on the 20 year anniversary. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. When, when hey, reality... hey, L, let, let me let me ask you this, L. Like, what was the biggest, you know, you come off a great college career, but then, you know, that's like being back to freshman year again, in a way. Like, once you get drafted, now you're going through those workouts. Like, what was the single biggest? eye-opening thing that let you know like man this is different like i i've got to i've got to kind of hit i've got to reset right because it's just a you know it's a different level and your biggest enemy sometimes when you step over to that is just knowing what you don't know right and, and so what, of, what was the biggest was, what was the biggest eye-opening thing that it was a few know, different like, things it was it was first of all <laughs> the professionalism of things right so you know, we work out in the, in the AM, we lift, and uh, we'll, after that, we'll go to lunch, and then we'll come back, and we'll play pickup, and we'll work out again. So, like, just the consistency with the professionalism that carries it over, because no one's telling you, you have to do it, or you must do it. You have to recognize, you know, what it takes on your own, and, and, the, and your peers around you, and see what level they're at, and how to do things that way. 
So that was a big eye opener for me. And I work hard anyway, but to see other guys that are successful and to see that, okay, that's why they're successful because they're working hard. They're in here early, you know, lifting. They're they're staying after and getting more shots up. Okay, they're still playing pickup. You know, they won four games. They still want to play. You know, so like, you know, and they're successful already. You know, they're on their third and third contract. So, you know, leaders, leaders of the NBA team. So just to see that, it was great for me. Um, to get a different perspective on the approach and, and the way things have to be, you know, being a professional athlete. So that was that was big. Then also it was it was more about family, like just having to tie in both where, you know, you still recognize the 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 importance of like having a family and like and the importance of like taking care of your family and still being around your family and like, you know, being able to manage both and and that helps you become like a better professional at what you do, you know? So like just balancing those things, I think was very important. Yeah. No, you know, that I always sometimes say that, you know, you don't have to be a pro in order in terms of being paid, you know, you can be a professional before you even become a pro. I mean, you would probably say that there's probably guys at your level, they're pros, but they're maybe not professionals. Yeah. And then there are guys that are ultimate professionals and all of a sudden those are guys playing 10, 12, 14 years. That's it. That's it. That's the move. There's, there's no secret sauce, you know? Right. Right. <laughs> right. And then you go on, you played after the NBA, you go on and play. I, I mean, there was 12 teams and I won't even try to name half of them because I, <laughs> that's, but I know it was in the Russian league, Euro league, Turkish league. I think there was a French too. But all these different leagues. So I know typically every country has their own play style, but compared to the NBA, obviously it's it's different. Um, talk about the difference from going from the NBA overseas to be able to kind of play in a different environment. At first, it was um, a lot of adversity, you know, uh, being an NBA player, growing up in America, always having a dream of playing in the NBA. And then, you know, because of injuries or because of situations or because of timing, whatever that is, having to, you know, show your worth and your value in a different country now. So, you know, the, the language barriers, the, the way they play yeah. the game, you know, the way they grow up, the culture that's around there, the food they're eating, you know. So, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's a, it's a, a lot of things that changes immediately, but... At the end of the day, the game is the same and like you learn and you adjust and you adapt to your environment. And I was able to do that and I found success through that. So like when the first place I went coming, I was in, a, I believe I was in Minnesota, ended up um, getting hurt and then I was released and I went overseas from there. That was the first time I went, I believe it was Italy and um, the way they play the game was different. Uh, you know, we're open floor, you know, we use our athleticism and then all of a sudden the paint was clogged up and, you know, <laughs> no, no, no three second, no three yeah. second rule in the paint either defensively. The game is different, you know, and they have been taught the game from an early age. Um, I was in Benetton and they had a school there where the, the kids are 11, 12, 13 years old and they're playing 
basketball professionally at that early of an age. So they learned the game in a different way. And um, I had to adjust and adapt to that, which I did. And I found success through it. Um, and, but it was it was definitely a good a good challenge. Good challenge. And then that leads you into your current position, or I should say to your current organization. You know, your playing career ends, you get a job coming back home to the States with the Orlando Magic. Give us the insight on just how it is not only playing in the NBA. Obviously, that's a dream. But then second one, you have coaching in the NBA. Um, let's talk about how that that experience is. Uh, it's amazing. Going in my last maybe two or three years of, of playing professionally is when I really started to recognize my gift and my ability and what I really had a passion and heart for. And I was just helping the younger guys that were on the team. And I would just share with them. I would help them. I would spend the time extra with them. And I was doing it naturally. And my father would tell you, like, maybe two years before that, I was like, no, nah, I'm never going to coach. I'm not going to coach. But it became a natural instinct for me. So uh, once I retired, I, I started to pursue an opportunity to, to, um, to coach. And I wanted to coach at the highest level. And I feel I had things I could share and, and experience that I've been through. So I, I, that was my goal. And fortunately, I was, I was fortunate enough to get an opportunity um, under Frank Vogel and John Hammond and Jeff Weltman, who, uh, you know, allowed me to come in and uh, they gave me the opportunity. So the only thing I could do from, from the opportunity is to make the most of it. Uh, you know, again, it's the same it's the same things like, you know, you work hard, you help as much as you can, you be a good person and you do the right things. And, and you know, you really passionately try to help each other get better. Yeah. You know what? I, I want to tap into that, Dale, because very rarely and for the people watching this, you know, there's coaches at all levels that watch this from youth all the way up to NBA, G League, you name it, college. But at the NBA level, very rarely are do people stick through much less the next staff, but very much, uh, very rarely, if ever, multiple staffs. That has more to do than just coaching talent. Like you've impacted that building somehow. Now, personally, I'm not shocked. So <laughs> I have zero surprise that you have stayed the course through three head coaches, you know, but like what is in your best opinion, like what has been that, what have you tried to do to, to maintain that or maybe to create that value to where like, man, we got to hang on to this dude. Right. Cause at that level, usually it's the house cleaning. And I've watched it happen a few times, honestly, but you know, it, it, to, to be honest, I've been blessed. We have a great front office organization. Uh, we have great ownership. So like it's been easy for me as far as like dealing with good people and like, that's that's the thing that I've always told them and they've always shared with me is like, you know, I'm I'm good. I'm OK and I'll do the best I can to help each other get better. And I feel like I can help people get better. Um, but I, I appreciate people doing things the right way and they always have been doing things the right way. And, and I you know, that's something that I can trust and believe in and, and know that there's success that follows that. So. Um, I was fortunate enough to like get on with a front office that has been very, very helpful to me and, and are about doing things the right way. And, and they want success and they want to win just as bad as I do. Right. Right. <laughs> no, that's special. I mean, like uh, I heard it 
this phrase, um, Mike Brown did a bunch of Zooms um, during COVID. And one of the coaches that was on there, I think it was Roy Rogers, maybe they used to be with the Bulls. He brought up a phrase that the best NBA organizations have. He called it vertical alignment. And what it means is, you know, front office, you know, then coaching staff, then players, you know, when that line is straight and everybody from the top office all the way down to the, the most servanthood position, yes. you know, in the building, like everybody feels the same way. This is how we want to do it. This is how we want to approach it. This is how we want to coach our guys. This that's is how right. we, you know, so it sounds like that's what you found there. And that's, that's hard to find. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've been on the same page and um, things are, are growing, getting better and better. And like our future is very bright and, I'm looking forward to continuing to help, you know, the magic, you know, succeed. Yes, sir. No, y'all got some pieces, man, for sure. Yeah, for sure. We're young and we're, we're getting better. Yeah, man. I was going to say, we were just talking about the roster right before this and just like who you guys have. And it's like, okay, there's, there's, there's a lot of potential. There's something brewing up over there. So yeah. definitely have to keep our eyes out for this, this upcoming season as well. And then kind of going back to your first starting with the Magic and then boiling up to where you are now. So ultimately you started, I believe it was the video coordinator position, um, then goes on to associate and then player development and now uh, currently the assistant coach. So that's roughly about a six-year span. Just talk about, I mean, and I know Alan kind of touched on that question, but talk about starting in that video coordinator position and then working your way up throughout those years, how, you know, the grind that you had to go through and you're just – what you had to go through to be able to get that? Well, you know, honestly, it's an important part of the process to start there. For me, it was because I wanted to understand everything that was happening, how to do everything. And it was a different perspective. As a player, you see things one way. And, you know, as a as a coach, you're breaking down film. Like, I needed to know how all of this works. So for me to come in in that position, I was honored and I was grateful for it. And I was willing to do the things I needed to do to learn and grow. And I knew that was part of the process. So for me, it was um, a matter of learning and listening and learning and growing, listening, learning and growing. I was watching and I was helping and I was just listening and learning and growing. So like for, for that process, this is my seventh season now. And it, it seems like <laughs> it was, you know, so like for me, I'm just continuous continuously just, you know, keeping my mind open, keeping my eyes and my ears open just to try to get better and help other people get better. Correct me if I'm wrong on this, L, but one of the things we talk about on this, in this platform, because a lot of guys and women, you know, at all levels that listen to this are all, are thinking about like, how do I advance or what's that next step look like? And the beauty of what you're saying is like at each role that you had you didn't really concern yourself with what was coming like it was a complete all in i'm going to be where my feet are i'm going to maximize this role whatever it is and then you just that's going to take you where it takes you you know Absolutely. as opposed to thinking you know almost like one foot in the role you're in and then trying to put your put your foot in right. the next role like right. you, you you you're not Right. Not, you, you, you have me. goals. Yeah, you have your goals, and you and you know everyone. Everyone is ambitious, and we have goals that we want to reach. But for sure, first you have to be in that present moment. 
you know, and you live in that present moment as much as you can. And then things end up being seven years later where you're like, oh, wow, seven years went by. So like, you know, just be in the present moment and have your goals and continue to strive for them, but live in the present moment. Be passing around that. We'd be passing around the offering plate here in a minute, man. <laughs> like that. I'd be like coming to America, man. But I'd put a chicken bone in there. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> you got folded dollar bills. Uh, that's yeah, that boy, good man. Good and terrible. Yeah. <laughs> classic. Classic. So I had to ask you as well. Um, we mentioned how you are actually the first NBA. We had a coach with WNBA, um, and everybody else we've we've maintained to get on. Um, is in college. So the first one in the NBA, just give us like a typical day-to-day -day as an assistant because it's definitely different from the college life. So what does your day-to-day -day consist of? Well, if we're home, we will have video uh, going in. As soon as we get there, first thing in the morning, we'll meet as a group and we'll talk about yesterday's practice or last night's game and we'll break things down uh, that way and we'll come together and, and make sure that we're on the same page about what we wanna talk about, what we wanna address, what we wanna learn from. And um, then after that, we'll go out, we'll have guys come out, the younger guys usually come out first and we, we shoot. And this is probably about 45 to an hour before practice, something like that. And then we'll have practice. Uh, then once practice is done, we got guys that shoot as well, again, so uh, we, we'll do that. And then eventually after all of that happens, then we'll get a chance to do our individual work, which is the breakdown of uh, individual video of, the, of your players, whoever you're assigned to or whatever your duty is, it's, it's time to do that. Whether you have a scout coming up in a couple of days or whatever the case may be. So um, it's a pretty filled day. Um, the schedule is, is uh, really efficient. Uh, and we get as much work as we can get done in a day. And hopefully anybody listening to this is able to, you know, especially at the college level, just kind of be able to input that into their system. That was the main reason of looking at that question. But then also everybody's curious, right? About what's going on in a typical day of the of the NBA players, of the NBA coaches. It's So it's great to be able to at least hear it from you. I was going to, I'm ready to kind of get into our final segment. I'm not sure, Alan, do you have any other questions to wrap up before we jump into it? Yeah, you know what, El, I'm going to, I'm going to, kind of tap into that last thing you said, because you probably find out the more you've done this now, you know, year three, year four, year five, year six, is how much players, you know, I, people always talk about coaches making players better and player development. You know, I, I've i shared this with you. I mean, I, I, I we had D West on a few weeks ago. I told him to like, very rarely do coaches or people talk about players making coaches better and you probably have now experienced that right like you're dealing with guys at the highest level and that constant development of yourself because all you're going to do is take your development and turn around and give it to them anyway absolutely you find that guys get better so now as guys get better they kind of turn the gun back on you in a healthy way like okay what are we doing next you yeah. know yeah, so absolutely. that that partnership is probably the essence of what it really takes at that level to have su success, you know, with both sides kind of pushing each other really in a way like I get better, you get better. My turn, your turn. You want it to happen organically. 
and you want to you want to be real and you want to be honest about everything you do. And there's moments where it may not be exactly what you want, but as you build trust and you build faith and you build belief that, you know, you know what you're talking about. And I know you're working as hard as you need to work. And I know you're working on the things that I'm telling you you should work on. And in turn, you're, you're letting me know the things that you need from me and how you need me to express it or talk it or let me, you know, expand on this thing that I want you to do, you know? So like it, it allows like growth on both areas, you know? I can learn something from the players, uh, you know, absolutely. And they can also learn from me what I see from a coaching point of view as well. And fortunately, I have kind of both. So I'm able to relate to the guys a little bit easier because I, I recognize where they're coming from and, and what they're saying and what they see. Um, and, I, and I can also apply the coaching part of it. Well, this is what we need you to do here. And this is the reason why. And this is how, you know, you become successful from doing this and, you know, vice versa. So it's um it's it's been a, a beautiful marriage to be able to you know be in player development and be an assistant coach and and have the opportunity to help guys and like sincerely you know try to help them become better and they're doing the same for us so it's been beautiful man no oh, man yeah, this I'm is grateful. yeah you you give me goosebumps over here man you're <laughs> preaching man I love it I mean I, and I'm like I said your success is I am not the least bit shocked man so. You know, um, I appreciate you. Yeah, you're just getting started, in my yeah. opinion. You're just getting started. He was giving you high praise before you hopped on. It's not, it's, nothing changed. So, yeah, <laughs> I <can say> that. <laughs> that's great. I, I mean, this is going to be my first uh, graduating class of kids I recruited up this upcoming year. So, I haven't even got to experience anything, especially like Alan being on your side, seeing talking to one of your former players now and listening to what he has to say and what he learned and his insight. It's like I'm saying, I'm over here as a third party. And I'm just like, this is cool. Just to be able to see these experiences the way you two have, it is awesome. Well, you know, the funny thing, Doug, like when you see guys do what Lionel's done and the things that David's done and you literally like, again, I mean, met this dude back in 2001, we show up brand new coaching staff and I've watched him grow up, you know, like literally mm -hmm. I've watched this dude grow up and to see, forget the coach piece, like yeah. I've seen him, he, he's a father, a husband. I mean, he's a grown man, like, and that's why we are supposed to do what we do. Like it's not, shouldn't be just four years and have a nice life, you know, deuces. I mean, like this deal should go until, you know, one of us hits the ground. Yeah. So, about it. Um, so like, I, like I said, the, I'm swelled up with pride. <laughs> Listen to this dude, just because, you know, number one, again, I'm not the least bit shocked, but I mean, it's just, it is, it, 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 it's, it just taps into the reason why we should, if, if you do this for the right reasons, you get, this is what you, this is the reward, right? Like when you get, dudes like this doing what they've done. Like we, we stole money, you know, it's like, they, they paid us to do this. Right. It's like, so, you know, yeah. uh, so like I said, man, I mean, we like get, I, we get to do this, get to do. Yeah. No have to get to no question. So what we'll do is we'll cut to our final segment. Now, um, 
what we're like, what we like to do, we call it three quick hitters. So we're just going to ask three personal questions. Uh, boom, boom, boom. Short, quick answers from your end. And then all we're really trying to do is just let everybody kind of get to know more of you as a person, but okay. nothing extensive. So um, after that, we'll hop into our final question and then we will wrap things up. So first question out of our three quick hitters is, and this one I had to pick specifically for you because I'm sure you have a tremendous amount of places. So this might be tough. What's the best place you have ever traveled to? Ooh, that is tough. You have more than enough. You got some some options on that one. (laughs) You played all over the world, so I mean. Okay, so the most unique uh, was um, Treviso, Italy, uh, right on Venice Beach. I was with Benetton, and it was like 10, 15 minutes away from uh, the the water. And, like (laughs) – it's unbelievable. <laughs> so like after practice, you know, my wife and I and my daughter, we'll go get on the gondola and ride in Venice, ride along the water. So, was, and then just to see the homes in the water and things like this, that was beautiful. That was uniquely beautiful. Yeah. That'll help you decompress. Yeah, no doubt. That was nice. And if you have one material object, what is your most prized possession? I really have grown to like not have value for material possessions. So for me, like, I don't, I really don't look at it in that light. Like, I don't know if it's because I was fortunate enough to be able to have some of those material possessions that I had goals for when I was younger or whatever that may be, but I really don't have that, um, in me yeah. no like cause when you, you get them you see that they really don't have that much value at all like the older Absolutely. you get you see what the true value is in terms Absolutely. of you know Absolutely. relationships yeah. and doing what so you i don't know if i answered your question with that no word. no that's yeah fine. no that's, that's all right fine. yeah that's a that's a great answer i mean it it definitely it, it most prized possessions you've like we said you you've had more than enough experiences i'm sure you've had more than enough things in your in your realm so it's no, I mean that that answers it perfectly. And yeah. then the last one, when did you feel first like an adult? When was that first moment you're like, oh crap, this is it? Well, I can't wait to hear it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, probably um 2006 when I purchased my first home. That's okay. when I was like, hold on. This right. is real. <laughs> yeah. I have bills every month. I know it's different <laughs> than just renting a place, you know, it's a little different. <laughs> so right. Right. I think that was the moment where I was like, oh, uh, okay, I'm in this for the for the long haul now. No turning back now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. You can't you can't have that automatic payment on for rent anymore. You gotta start actually making bill <laughs> right. payments and right. all that taking care of the yard. Right. No and then our final question we like to ask all coaches who are on this call. Um, what is your number one, and I know there's a lot, but number one, in your opinion, best piece of advice for young rising coaches who are trying to get their foot in the door, and then how can they accomplish that goal? Uh, do the best you can in your role. Uh, maintain your goals. Uh, help out as much as you can. Be a servant. Be a leader. Uh, be humble. Be grateful. And um, just work to help people become better. Not work hard, but work to help people become better. And the funny thing is too, there was two things today that you've said, and we've heard this in numerous calls. And that's that's a great thing because it just shows that it's it's 
it goes to everybody has the same mindset. It's exactly that. Just work hard in your original role where you're at. Um, and then the other thing that you mentioned was especially just like making sure one, while you're working and making connections and relationships with people, like make sure to maintain those. Um, but that for us is really everything that we have. Alan, I'm not sure if you have any final final remarks before we get to our closing statement. No, man. Like I said, L, um, honor. That's the only word I can think of that, that our paths crossed. Mm-hmm. And like I said, got to cut down nets together, have some lifetime memorable stuff uh, that nobody will ever take away. And absolutely, that stuff is priceless to me. And so... Yeah. Um, it's funny, like, you know, I haven't seen you in a minute, but, you know, we've been yeah. in touch on and off, but it's like, it's picked up where we left off, man. Yeah, no doubt I mean? about it. That's good people. And you're a good person, and I appreciate you for everything you've done for me and that we're going to continue to do together. I, um, you know, I, you know how I am. I don't really do much of the whole social media thing and all that. I need to do more of it probably, but that's not how my nature goes and when you ask me the first thing what time when you know so there's certain people that have a higher level of appreciation and you're right on that top of that list so i appreciate you and and i'm thankful for you as well likewise man and hey when uh when the magic come to indy man let's uh let's let's break some bread brother yeah absolutely absolutely and for a coach who said he didn't want to initially get into coaching, you know, it's great to be able to see. <laughs> hey, I, I, was still, I was still young. I was still playing and I was still had my goals of becoming, getting back to doing, you know, winning championships and things like that. So I, my mindset until I got a little older, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was in that way. Yeah, for sure. No, but it's great. And, and thank you for being on the call. Um, we definitely appreciate you giving all your knowledge and, and, and uh, backstory and then sharing your experiences. So, again, thanks to all our listeners for tuning in today. And that does it for another episode of the Rising Coaches podcast. Again, I'm Doug Caputo. We got the man Alan Major here. And keep working. Keep rising, coaches. Dr. Dish Basketball is the number one selling shooting machine in basketball by providing the most innovative game-like training, on-demand workouts, multiplayer stat tracking, and instant analytics that allow coaches and players to be better every day. Everybody's trying to get better every day, right? Why not use Dr. Dish Basketball? All you have to do is mention the Rising Coaches podcast or you're a member of the Rising Coaches organization for an exclusive discount on your own personal Dr. Dish. I want to thank all our listeners for tuning in with us this episode. If you are not a member, want more content, or even be a potential member on our member spotlight to have your story heard, go visit risingcoaches.com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and X at Rising Coaches. And don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating, and review so we can continue to keep rising together.